and welcome to Jewels from NZ. But this is not your average Aotearoa or Glitter episodes, oh no. This is August, and as we know, the month of August is for RPG. So welcome back to the RPG A Day Fate of Eisen Takeover episode. and today's word is throne. Now this is complicated when it comes to Fate of Eisen. There's kind of a lot going on um, and it really depends on how you look at throne. Like is it like someone who's literally called a queen or a king and is sitting on a throne or are we just talking about like the seat of power? Like who's in charge? Because that changes things too. If we kind of look at both, um, because they are very intertwined. So when Fate of Eisen first started, one of the first missions that we were given, um, as I've sort of already explained, was to uh, fight back against the Arkvale Empire, which had taken Eisen over by force. Um, the person in charge of that was the Empress. So she was kind of in charge of Arkvale Empire. And she had unseated Queen Shan of Bruce. Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting my own lore. Queen Shan of Bruce, uh, who is sort of like the seat of power is seated in Stonewall from memory. Um, but yeah, Queen Shan was supposed to be in charge, but essentially she was walking around her own palace with Arkvale Guard, not really being able to do anything. They hadn't, like, killed her or imprisoned her technically, but you couldn't really get to her and she definitely wasn't in control of anything anymore. So we have the Empress in control and by proxy the Arkvale soldiers that make up the Arkvale Empire, right? So... The, pretty much the entire mission um, of the first couple of uh, chapters of of Eisen, um, the first couple of years, I guess, um, was about fighting back against Arkvale and and increasing um, the power of res the resistance. You know, whether it was recruiting more people in, or whether it was putting more people in the right places, or whether it was just um, taking back a town and putting the resistance kind of in it. Or, um, in fact, what we were doing is also restoring the gods' connection with Aizen. And this is also another sort of relinking of power, putting things back on their thrones, I guess. Because there are several gods in Aizen, um, and what had happened to Aizen is that the gods hearts like li not literally their hearts like not as in a pumping mass of an organ but instead a a stone usually a crystal of some kind and like clear or colored or whatever um had been removed from their altar or their place of power and therefore um they were unable to talk to the world so they could kind of watch everything happening, but if people prayed to the gods, the gods wouldn't 
reply because they couldn't, right? So it's it's not that people had crises of faith. That's like not a thing. In Aizen, people still believed in the gods. It's just that the gods weren't able to interact with the world anymore, which basically meant that things like um, the Ark Fail thing was uh, was able to happen because the gods weren't there kind of going like, no, 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 cut it out. That's not a thing. Um, they weren't able to do that. So there are um, 11 known deities um, that um, are worshipped or at least acknowledged. There is Freylin, the Butterfly Queen, god of dreams, hope, luck, and fate. There is Zinth, the Untrue, god of lies, deception, and betrayal. Um, Sictamin, prince of the just, god of truth, honesty, and loyalty. Leamin, the Bountiful, god of joy, prosperity, and community. Grim, the exiled wolf, god of despair, poverty, and loneliness. Urzak, chaos incarnate, god of chaos and lawlessness. And then you've got Brun, the unbending, uh, which who's god of order, law, and rules. Uh, Kashtar, who is the bringer of life, god of life, healing, and growth. Sorgamal, the destroyer, god of death, pain, and destruction. Tritora, master of elements, god of weather, elemental forces, and travel. And Hadet, lord of knowing, god of knowledge, learning, and invention. So part of what the Apple Squadeth has been doing or been tasked with, or even actually um, the side campaign that my other character exists in on the other side of the world, which we call, so there's the Apple Squadeth and then there's the um, the Surge. Um uh, oh, actually, even the family-friendly one, um, where we did a family-friendly podcast using the RPG system called Suited, which literally used cards, and instead of rolling dice, you flip cards, and it's very fun, um, and it's a really easy game to learn, too, so I, I encourage you to go look at it, because you can buy it on RPG Drive-Thru for a couple of bucks. I think it might even be free sometimes, so Suited is a very, very cool um, role-play system to get off track. Um, they... Um, they uh, made it to play in a car. So that can kind of tell you a little bit about it. I think I actually, we actually have a word where I can tell you more about that, don't we? Yeah, I'll talk more about it later. Um, <laughs> but essentially, we've been restoring these um, stones to their places of power in order to put the gods back where they should be and able to talk to the world. Our campaign has been responsible for restoring the contact of um, our, like Marley's story has been um, about restoring Sorgamal's connection, the God of Death, and Hadet's connection, the Lord of Knowing. Um, yeah, just those two? I think so. Yes. Uh, Sasha Torchwood, my other character, has been responsible for Freylin, the Butterfly Queen, and um, Liamin, the Bountiful, and um, the Family Friendly podcast that we did where we were a pigeon and a mouse um, was responsible for Kashtar, that bringer of life um, restoration. And then other stones have been restored around the world, like 
our DM didn't make us do all of them. Other heroes are out there doing other things. And in fact, he actually runs another campaign with just his workmate on their lunch breaks. And I think he restored at least one of the stones as well. So, um, so yeah, so that's part of, uh, like putting things back on the throne, I guess. Um, and all of this kind of links to Arkvale and back in that Marley uh, was headed for the Empress because obviously the best way to take down an empire is to dethrone the top of it, right? And she'd had enough crap happen to her and enough people die um, and enough, I don't know, like bad stuff happen that she wasn't going to feel bad about imprisoning or capturing or even if she had to murdering the empress so she was kind of gunning for the empress right um only when she got to the empress the empress asked her a very weird thing the empress asked her to help her die so Molly's there and she's like well I kind of want to kill the empress like I don't really want to kill the empress I'm like I'm the hero I'm the good guy I'm the you know the one who's supposed to come out as 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 making the better choices but um I I would have if I had to you know like it was kind of on that sort of line um and then my DM surprised crap out of me by basically being like yeah the the empress asks you to kill her and I'm like what I'm sorry what I uh, <laughs> It was, it was a weird thing. I didn't understand what was going on, but I was like, fine, fine, whatever. I negotiated with the Empress. Like, I was trying to find out if this was a trick. You know, we were doing insight checks. We were doing all sorts of stuff. Um, and we were trying to figure out what the catch was, you know, because there's got to be a catch when somebody asks you something like that. And I was like, you're going to put, well, I'll only do it if, um, you know, the Arkvel Empire is disbanded. You put nobody else in control. So nobody else just comes in and steps in and takes over. You put Queen Shan back on the throne. You you say in front of a, a, a big audience that Queen Shan will be restored and she is now in charge of Aizen again. And she was like, okay. And I was like, okay, I really don't know what the catch is. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, yep, this is going to... I don't know what this is going to be. And so the Empress just asked in return that I kill her in that public space. So we ended up in this space in Stonemore called the Killing Grounds, which is a, basically a giant like coliseum, um, you know, where people fight for entertainment, um, fight monsters, fight each other, fight all sorts of things, right? So we end up in this coliseum. Um, my One of my party members is literally down there because he finds out that his father who he's never met before is like the end boss you know so he's down there and he's trying to like meet his dad basically but he has to go through all of these challenges and stuff to get there he ends up in a bucket load of trouble um while I'm up in the stadium trying to communicate frantically with Queen Shan who is in the stadium seats because the empress is twisted and I don't know what she's got planned but I'm trying to like communicate with her with sign language and sending and message and stuff um and it's it's just a mess and then I see my like my party is basically about to get their ass handed to them and so I have to jump into the coliseum like I have to so we end up in the coliseum and we're fighting and stuff and I get him to his dad 
basically his dad's kind of under some sort of like mind control sort of situation like they're trying to talk to each other but they're not really able to and he has to end up killing his dad which is um which is kind of screwed up um I don't think he actually did in the end I think they nearly did and then his dad ended up dying defending him or something like that I I, I honestly this is like two years ago and so it's a struggle to remember but his dad died and it was like a huge massive like crazy emotional moment and stuff um yeah and right after that we kill the empress in kind of a murder slash assisted suicide situation um and it's only after that that we find out that the empress was actually gillif now gillif is a uh not an actual god but a very powerful renowned non-god being that have been worshipped or are the focus of a religion of some kind or at least um, sort of a fervor akin to religious fervor, you know. Um, and and Gillif is the lady of conquest. Um, Gillif, when she is a she is an immortal being linked to her sister, kind of Ampha. Um, Ampha is is called the lady of compassion so quite a quite a different character um yeah they're two immortal beings whose eternal mission is to find wielders for each and every surge that happens and the surge basically happens um i forget how often but it's it's a cyclical event and if there are no wielders to handle the immense power of the surge basically aizen gets mostly destroyed um think dinosaur wipe out and then the world kind of has to reset again you know so they're immortal which I didn't know when I killed her but what happens is they are immediately reanimated at a place called Timatanga um with a new body forged by raw magic granted to them by Krover um Krover of course being that god of like chaos you know um so the body that they get reincarnated in is not like a decision that they make it's the result of like sure strong internal desire but like with the knowledge of the currently dominant species on the planet right so the reason she was currently in that form a humanoid is because humanoids had been the dominant um, species on on Aizen, basically they were well, humanoids basically had had taken over and conquered Aizen, and they had done so again unbeknownst to Mali this was all information that we uh, found out much later um by trapping uh dragons and dragon-like and pretty much anything that was massively powerful pretty much anything that's over like an AC 13 um no not AC 13 challenge rating CR 13 or whatever behind a force field wall called the brute wall and they'd been locked there for like hundreds of thousands of years like ages well thousands of years I think um and in, at the moment that Mali killed the Empress, or Gillif, 
the Dark Lady, the Lady of Pain, the Lady of Conquest, um, a somewhat demonic force of evil. Uh, there was also somebody taking down the Brute Wall. And so when Ampho, uh, when Gillif was murdered, dragons returned to the world. Like, at the same time. Because she'd planned this, right? Like, And um, she was reincarnated as the most powerful species in Aizen. Which, of course, was a dragon. So, great. I basically made her from a humanoid, which was way safer, into this crazy flying, winged, breathing fire beast. That, by the way, most of the people in Aizen have never seen before. So this is all new information to us, you know? We're like, what do you mean the lizards are flying and they're giant and they breathe stuff? This is mental, you know? So um, kind of put yourself in that, that sort of mess. Um, so even though Queen Shan is sort of back on the throne and the Arkvale Empire is in tatters and nobody is really in charge and they are kind of destroying themselves from the inside as they fight for power over an empire which is falling apart anyway. Um, she can't really get control over Aizen and we also don't have any time because dragons are back, um, everything is back, like purple worms are back, like all of the stuff is just returned to the world. People are dying everywhere um, as monsters kind of flood back to their habitats where they used to live thousands and thousands of years ago and find them full of humanoid settlements and are just destroying them. Um, but not only that, but the surge is any day now, <laughs> literally any day now. We've been told in the game where we are currently that the surge is three days away. So we have three days. We our storyline, Marley's storyline, the um, the resistance doesn't know if any if any wielders have been found. I think um, we're actually in contact with the God of Knowledge, Hate It, um, because we restored his stone and he gave us a key to a dimension locker that he could essentially put things in. And through experimentation, we discovered that if we threw our voice and our sound into the dimension locker it sort of stayed there enough that he could hear what we have to say and then put his voice in the dimension locker and we would hear his reply. So that means that we are now able to freely talk to the God of Knowledge, which is pretty sweet, honestly. <laughs> like, hey, God of Knowledge, what's happening way over there on the other side of the world? And he literally knows. It does get kind of frustrating because we'd like answers to questions for things that haven't happened yet. Um, and he doesn't know that. <laughs> Obviously, he only knows what has happened. So he can't tell us about what might happen. He can only tell us about what is happening. So his warnings about stuff often come quite late, which means that he'll say something like, oh, this village is being attacked right now, and if we have to go shopping to buy more healing potions and stuff or whatever, by the time we get there, even with our instantaneous blood portal travel, quite often the village is already mostly screwed and <laughs> we're just tidying up the end pieces and saving the people that we can and stuff. It's just a mess, right? Um, anyway, what am I talking about? Throne. Okay, so who is on the throne? Nobody? Everybody. 
it is very confusing right now. Queen Shan is technically on a throne, but who is she in charge of? Who's listening to her? Nobody right now. Everything is a mess. Argval Empire, is it still in charge? Not really, because nobody knows who is in charge. And each branch of the Argval Empire is existing separately to each other because nobody wants to listen to each other because they all think they're in charge. So it's a mess. Um, dragons, probably kind of on a throne right now because they are the alpha and they are screwing everything up all over the world. Um, so kind of on a throne. And then there's the gods, particularly Crover. So obviously everything that Gillif is doing, she's doing in the name of Crover. And Crover, the god of power, um, is what he actually is. Um, he just wants the surge to destroy the world. That is what Crover wants. Uh, you know, like, how do you fight something that just wants to destroy? Like, he has no, he has no desire to be negotiated with. Um, and, and he, he kind of is holding all of the cards here. You know, uh, he is, the god of power, uh, and he is the god of the surge, and um, and in fact, most people haven't even wouldn't even know that Crover even exists because the other eleven gods have kept him completely secret this entire time. Right? They'd never refer to him, basically because he's crazy from from what I can figure out. Like, he, he just wants the end of everything. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have to fight that. And, and frankly, I'm waiting for Ampha to turn up. Um, this good lady, this lady of light, this lady of compassion, she's viewed as a savior of sorts, right? And she, people often like pray to her when they require help with like crops and missing children and mortal wounds and that kind of stuff. But like, I have been asking where she is for a really long time. Um, and hate it never really tells me. And the DM never really tells me it's getting to the point now where I'm just like, I hope she turns up at the end. <laughs> like, is she one of those kind of gods that just swoops in, does the mysterious thing and swoops back out again? Like, and that's how she acts. Or is she busy getting like the wielders, which is kind of actually really important. Like Marley is not a wielder. My other character, Sasha is not a wielder. Although Sasha currently has a wielder in her possession as such. She's like escorting a wielder through um, the world heading to the wellspring of Harrig, which is where the surge will come. So she's just trying to get this wielder there as fast as possible and in time to hold the surge. Because we we don't know this, but I have a feeling that um, the little magic guy that's running around with Anfa, who keeps... Um, no, sorry, not Ampha. Traveling with... Oh my god, I'm so tired. It's like 11.30 at night. Um, the little magic guy that's traveling with Gillith. What's his name? Dreyfer. 
His name is Dreyfer. That's why I keep going to say Ampha. So Dreyfer and Gilliff. So Dreyfer is running around and he is um, been creating all of like Gilliff's like portals and doing all of these magic things. And he appears every now and then to tell um, one of my characters information. I think it's mostly um, Marley, but he went and stabbed Sasha. And that's only important to tell you that because the brute war was brought down with dragon blood and um, a wielder. That was the only way that the brute war could come down. And being that everything with dragon blood got locked behind the brute wall, it was kind of like when you manage to lock your keys inside your car and there's no way of getting to them because your keys are inside the car and you need to unlock the car to get to your keys. You know, you see it's a cyclical thing, right? So how was the brute wall brought down? Well... Sasha's parents were a little bit um, sentimental, shall we say, and they used what was left of their power before the Brute War went up to send Sasha to literally another world. Like, not Aizen, not anywhere near where Aizen would be, to just send her off and she could go live her life and, and be fine, right? So Sasha is a... got dragon blood, obviously. And... She was zapped back into this world. Um, no idea why, no idea how she got there. And she's just kind of been doing her best, trying to figure out who she is and why she's here, right? Because she was an orphan her whole life. and She's always been weird and awkward and different. Um, nobody has, like, her abilities. Nobody can grow claws randomly like she can. Um, and all of this kind of stuff. She's just been trying to figure herself out, right? And then this guy just comes out of nowhere, stabs her, gets her blood on the tip of a spear and just takes off, you know? You know that's not good. Like, when that happens, you're like, oh, that can't be good, right? Um, but you don't know what it is until the DM reveals it later and you're like, ah, are you kidding me? So <laughs> my my other character, Sasha Torchwood, was the reason that the Brute War got taken down, which is the whole reason why when Marley killed the Empress... She didn't actually kill the Empress. She just made a dragon. So, yeah. This is all, like, a lot of lore drop on you. I realize I've been talking for a much longer than the other episodes. But, honestly, Throne was very complicated. And there was a lot to tell you about who is in charge of the world and how the world works. So, to wrap up kind of what's happening right now, um, just so I don't leave you hanging, um, everybody's heading to the wellspring of Harrig in order to try and stop this from happening. Uh, the assumption is that Crover is going to attack the wielders and stop them from being able to wield the power so that the surge destroys the world and everybody in it. So I guess in three days game time and probably a few months um, real time, we'll see how that goes. If, by the way, if you're interested in listening to this actual play, it is available everywhere. It's on iTunes and Spotify um, and all of the uh, usual podcast catcher apps. Um, it's actually on the Necropodicon Network, 
Um, so you can find it through that too. They've got a website and all sorts of stuff, so you can find us on there. Um, and it is called Fate of Aizen. And Aizen, I think, spelt very similar to the river in Lord of the Rings. Maybe that's where he got it from. Who knows? Shrug. But that is Fate, F-A-T-E, of, oh, F, Aizen, I-S-E-N. So go find it, I guess, if you are interested in listening to a comedy, actual play from stand-up comedians and improvisers from Wellington, New Zealand, um, because that's who we are, that's what we made, and it's all D&D, 5e, all day, every day. So, yeah, enjoy that. Okay, I'm going to get out of here, as Joey would say. Kia ora, and thanks for joining me in this Jules from NZ RPG A Day Takeover episode. I hope you're enjoying getting to know the fate of Eisen some more. Tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks for my gems, James, Jason, Barry, Liren, KP, Ezekiel, and Joey. And a big thanks to you for listening. We'll be back to NZ and Glitter episodes in September, but August is for RPG. Inohora ka kite anō. Goodbye, and see you again soon. Mwah!